five teenagers are given the ability to transform into any animal they touch. Using this technology, they alone must fight a secret infiltration of Earth by a parasitic race of aliens known as the Yerks. They can't tell you who they are or where they are from, but we're here to tell you their story. This is the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition. Welcome back, everyone, to the Millennial Agenda, Animorphs Edition, a weekly discussion of K.A. Applegate's sci-fi action series, Animorphs. I am your host, Josh Gunderson, and I am, of course, joined by my Animorphs Edition co-host, Kevin Morey. This week, we are discussing Book 16, The Warning. Take it away, Kevin. All right, the warning begins with Jake impulsively Googling a single word. And you might think it's going to be a dirty word, but no, he thinks I should look up Gierks. So he Googles Yerks on his computer, only to discover a website that seemingly is attempting to expose the Yerk invasion. He decides Marco's better computer is more suited to researching this, and Axe modifies Marco's computer to be untraceable. They find a chat room through the website where a young boy whose father is a controller is chatting with some other users, one of whom is boasting about wanting to kill all Yerks. The gang decides to break into the headquarters for Web Access America to break into their central computer and dox the chat room users. And they discover that the founder of Web Access America, whose name is Joe Bob, is one of those mysterious users. The gang then heads up to his mansion, but they aren't prepared for his intense security. Axe and Rachel are captured in Morph, and Jake decides that the only logical way to get inside is to morph to Rhino and charge through the wall. He finds Joe Bob holding Axe and Rachel in stasis, and Joe Bob villainously monologues about being Visitor 3's lesser twin who is banished to Earth to host a useless controller. As it turns out, he's found a way to survive without a Yerk pool. He splits open the controller's heads and cannibalizes their Yerks to survive. Jake, as it turns out, is cool with this, but Cassie understandably is not. Jake makes some empty threats, and they leave with Axe and Rachel. And a few days later, Joe Bob's mansion is mysteriously burned down, and the Animorphs are definitely not responsible at all. They didn't do it. I have a theory that has nothing to do with any of this. Okay. But I personally feel that this book is the reason why they stopped doing the updated editions, because the intern that they had doing it got to this one, and his brain melted from all of the outdated <laughs> 90s references. <laughs> he said, there's no possible way to update these references. No, nothing. No, I don't know why this was going through my head as I was rereading this, but I'm like, nothing in this book can be updated without an entire rewrite mm -hmm. or honestly just removing it from the series. Right. Which it could be because this guy, Joe Bob, who is Visitor 3's twin, never comes back, to my knowledge. Unless it's really late in the series. I'm, I'm up to like book 40 for my reread at the moment. And dude never comes back. A cannibal serial killer, Yerk, who is twins with the main <laughs> villain. And they just have him as a one-off? Are you kidding me? His, his renegade cannibal twin, which is also the name of his underground punk band. <laughs> But also, <laughs> apparently this whole eating fetish runs in the family. I was so excited about that. I was like, oh, he's definitely Visser 3's brother. But he's like, uh, unlike Visser 3, he follows through. So I want to point out something fun and interesting to the world, because this is how bored I am with my life. Um, apparently Scholastic still owns Yerk.com 
and Animorphs.com. But I, I find it funny that Animorphs.com and Yerks.com redirects to the Scholastic website, but apparently Andalites.com does not. And that just amused me because, like, I... Because uh, we're, we're flashing back to a time that I don't, like... If you did not grow up with these books in this time, reading this book is probably very confusing to you. <laughs> and rightfully so because he decides to just randomly search and like oh i can visualize it so well uh he decides to just throw it into the uh, this is america online like this whole company is an offshoot of america online as we learned from the last book we're just we've just given up and he does his like aol keyword search because that's what we called it back then keyword search and comes up with yerk and he finds this this forum and I I have a lot of, like, my initial response was like, oh my god, the woman from the first book, she's recruiting people on the internet. <laughs> you want her to be a thing so bad. I do. I'm just so desperate for it that my brain immediately was like, oh my god, is it her? And so he does this search and he finds this website that is, like, naming off people. Like, there were some celebrities named in it. And then uh, Chapman was named. And it talk, there's like a, a scarily accurate depiction of a hork and whatnot. And I'm like, that's why I was like, it's got to be this woman. It's got to be this woman. But no, 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 no. It's, it's fucking Joe Bob. Joe Bob. <laughs> More so, it's not just, it's not just Joe Bob. It's Joe Bob Finestre. Right. I, there's a reason I didn't try to say his last name in the opener. Yeah. Fun <laughs> fact. It's, it's, oh, you want some, you want to dive down a weird trivia rabbit hole? This yeah. is Josh's life. Uh, it's French. So his name is Joe Brob. And then his last name is French for window. Hmm. He's Joe Bob window. I still have questions. Like, how do, how do you, like, have such a, like, a fancy last name? And then your name is Joe Bob. <laughs> they decide that they need to take a closer look. So, I, I, and I really enjoy the like, so the early, I, I don't even know how to explain the internet of the 90s, but it was dial up. And Jake's like, I got to go to Marco's because I've got this slow ass dial up and he's got the slightly faster dial up. And thank God no one was trying to pick up the phone while you were on it. Like there was a time that you could not be on the phone and the internet at the same time. Mm -hmm. I remember it. I can't, I can't stress that to people enough that that was a thing. They go to Marco's and they get into this whole conversation. Like, did you block your cookies? Like I was really amused by that. Like, did you cover your trail? This could be a trap. Like the Andalites are sitting around on America online forums, like Googling years. Like I, I doubt it, but still. And they decide to join the chat room. And oh my God, that chat room. First off, I've never known a chat room in my entire life. And I grew up with the internet. I was in those early chat rooms mm -hmm. where you could only like type 10 words at a time. That was never a thing that I can recall. Yeah. Ever. I think I'm going to chalk that up to KA Applegate just straight up not knowing how the internet works. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also like, again, there's so much in this book. I have to take myself back to like Marco like low-key try to catfish jake he pretends to be cassie and sends jake an email right yeah and then 
on, on top of Jake's whole introductory paragraph talking about his AOL screen name. Oh, the, the 90s nostalgia is very real in this book. Oh, my good God, do I remember those days? <laughs> um, but that'll happen. So they join the chat and there's it's it's super funny that like as you're reading the chat, it's it's very discombobulated. But there's very obviously like what appears to be a controller that has found this chat room that is definitely a controller. Mm-hmm. But it's like play like like their screen name is like I think it was like Yerk Hater or Kill All Yerks. Of course, yeah. I didn't write it down. But it was like definitely a controller. And then some other people. And I'm so curious about who these other people are. Like, do you think our escaped woman like is one of these people? Who knows? I'm Maybe. very I want to know. I want to know. Inquiring Josh's would like to know. And then there's this this uh, young kid who um, is very worried about his dad. And, like, it's kind of sad because he's like, yeah, my dad is, like, acting really weird. He's, like, being nice to me now. And I'm like, holy shit, why is that the worst? I, I, that made me so sad, which is, like, that whole bit right there makes me, because I do not remember this book for the life of me. I cannot remember this book ever reading it as a kid. It just like, I apparently just blanked it out in my mind, but that whole bit was sad. And the animals are kind of like, ah, this could be a scam. But of course, Cassie, who is the the heart of the group is like, I don't know. Like I like this kid who's like, his screen name is uh gump 8293. He's like, she's like, ah, I'm like, I'm worried about them because like one of like, some people are like, oh no, you should confront your dad about this and talk. And I'm like, I, I'm curious how this, ki- how this little kid that we find out later on is like a super young kid. What's he doing on? Uh, what's he doing online anyway? First off, right? Because this isn't but, like, like something you can just like sneak your phone or like to get online in this time period. You had to get into the computer room. There was a whole room usually, unless you only had like a small <laughs> apartment. You had to get into the computer room, turn on eight different things to get the computer running. It had to go through the whole dial-up process of screeching like it was possessed by the devil himself. And you couldn't use phones at the same time. So it's really hard to, like, sneak around and get on the internet this early in the internet game. Yeah, and, like, no one was... No one's doing homework online at this point. Right. I'm gonna... Like, there's no... No one's doing that. Like, websites were really just kind of, like... I... Ugh, it was a dark time, the 90s. Just know that dear dear listeners and and so this kid's on there and he's like not only is he on there but he's heard the word like he's aware enough of the 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 concept of yerks that he's he's going searching around for it so that that's all happening and they're like uh this might be a little combination of both like maybe the yerks created this to help them locate any humans that know about them Mm -hmm. but maybe it's like we don't know and so jake's like, hey, Axe, why don't you why don't you hack them and see if we can find out who these people are? But Axe is like, yeah, it's it's not happening. So Marco's like, we should go there and break in and steal these people's information. Right. And then we get into again a whole reason why this book could not exist today. Because I, I, I need to remind people of what life was like uh, pre-9-11, where anyone could just walk into an airport terminal. Right. 
Like you did not have to like you still like there was still security. You went through metal detectors. But you you just like anyone could walk in. You didn't have to have a ticket. Like there used to be a time when like watch an old episode of Friends. I don't typically recommend that because it's such a (laughs) terrible fucking show. But there's a lot of people like you'll watch an old TV show. You see a lot of people like meeting people at the gate or seeing people off at the gate. That used to be a thing. Mm -hmm. Doesn't happen anymore. That does not exist. I think maybe they like um, unaccompanied minors. They might still let the parent through security with like a little like I'm with this child ticket, but I I don't have kids and I don't send them off unattended places, so I don't know how that works. I, I don't know if you have any insight. No, I didn't. Go, I didn't actually set foot in an airport until after nine eleven happened. So my personal experience is all pretty much what it is currently. I have a lot of experience with airports nowadays, but yeah, I never really, <laughs> I never did the whole dramatic waiting at the gate for my um, long lost lover who I had just broken up with and I wanted to reunite with them or, you know, things like that. You never chased at someone to the airport? I've never chased someone. Well, I have run dramatic. I've ran dramatically through an airport before, but I was not chasing a person. I was just trying to get to a flight on time. <laughs> I full on the my the only time I've ever been to Mexico City, I was full on sprinting through that airport to get to my connecting flight. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've had those I've had those moments where I like part of me was like just ditch your carry on, you can buy new shit later. Trying to get to a flight, I've had some stressful. <laughs> flights but they so the kids end up in an airport and their plan is to because they're the main office of this place is far away uh, but it's an hour and a half plane ride so they decide to morph into flies and sneak aboard the plane and this plan from the get-go works out so well because first they're like wait how are we going to find our way back to the gate so Mm -hmm. jake has to steal a shitty diaper from the trash and take it to another trash Mm-hmm. So that's fucking fun. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, okay, we need to morph in the bathroom. And they stuff all their excess clothes into a backpack that they're planning on leaving. Like, these things could never happen yeah, today. Uh, an unattended backpack in an airport bathroom, the airport would be emptied. <laughs> it would sh- they would shut down the airport. And so they're like, so it's Axe and Jake in, in one stall because they all have to go in together. <laughs> Like in, in groups in the stalls. And it's extra complicated because they have Axe and Tobias that have to morph from human to Hawk and Andalite, respectively, and then into the flies. So it's adding a layer of complication to all this. And then in the, the midst of morphing, the I think the weirdest thing to happen to date in any of these books occurs where a guy is like banging on the stall door, like, is anyone in there? I gotta take a shit. And reaches over the door and unhooks it to let himself in <laughs> and discovers Jake and Axe mid-morph and is like, oh, fuck, there's monsters in the bathroom and, like, freaks out. And for some reason, that doesn't... They're able to finish their morph and everything's... Cut. Like, no one... Cut. Like, they don't... Security doesn't come clear out the bat. Like, this is how you know you're in a pre nine eleven world. But then Tobias gets... Tobias gets trapped in the toilet and somebody sits on it. It's like the weirdest, grossest sequence where he's like, yeah, I I'm like, I see a lot of white and I'm near a lake. And they're like, dude, you're in the toilet bowl. And he's like, oh, I just got dark all of a sudden. 
and Marco's like, look out for falling objects. Yeah, not not great. Not great. I, so some some potty humor for y'all. And he, he gets out and they get on the plane. And apparently uh, are flying the one airline that decides that it feeds its first class passengers a full meal in an hour and a half long flight. Now, having flown first class before, I know for a fact that if your flight is that short, you're getting some pretzels and that's about it. Granted, I'm me. So I, I my challenge is how much alcohol can I consume for free? Right. Between point A and point B. Yeah, there is no first class flight, 90s or otherwise, where you're getting more than like a small bowl of warmed nuts or like some pretzels or a cookie. Like you're not going to be getting a meal for an hour and a half flight unless you brought the food on yourself, which I've done before and highly recommend. He might have, but, the, but, so, but this guy comments, he's like, there's a fly in my Salisbury steak. Like, first off, ew. But what a, <laughs> what a, what such a 90s food Airplane right there. Salisbury steak. Yum. I I mean, we grew up poor, so, like, Salisbury steak was a thing that we ate on the reg, and I'm not, like, ugh, I'm just, I want to, my brother loved it. My brother fucking loved his Salisbury steak and mashed potatoes. <laughs> I get, like, this is the first time I've thought of the Salisbury steak in a number of years, and it still makes me want to throw up to this day. So that's fun for you. But, that so they're, they're hanging out in first class, and, uh, the first class passenger who just happens to be like the CFO of this airline, like first off, he's not flying commercial. You know that guy's got a private jet, mm -hmm. first and foremost. But he's like, oh, there's a fly, and they're like, oh, we'll take care of it. And Jake gets swatted, and it's gross. It's horrific. It's like, and uh, it's deeply traumatizing for him too. Yeah, he does not. It, it, and he can, like he can, he knows he can demorph and be okay, but I've got some questions because he leaves some guts behind, and mm -hmm. I mean, how does that? I mean, I what? Uh, I I don't even know how to get into it, so I'm just gonna yeah. skip past it. But like all of the like the rest of them like come and gather him up, and like imagine being a person sitting on this flight. And this fly just got swatted, and you're like, ah, dead fly. <laughs> and then all these other flies show up and gather around their fallen comrade and lift him up and, like, fly away. <laughs> I just want y'all to visualize that along with me, please. And they bring him to the bathroom, which I'm curious how they got into the bathroom, because, like, those aren't, like, fly-friendly squeeze-through-with-your-dying-buddy doors. Mm -hmm. But nod and smile on that one. And then again, this is how you know when you're in this like weird pre 9 11 world because Jake like goes human and just deboards the plane. And that's in, fine. <laughs> in bike shorts and no shoes. And everyone's like, ah, yes, this is perfectly normal. No one questions the kid in skin tight clothing and no <laughs> shoes. The 90s, y'all, were fucking wild. Let me just tell you. And yeah, he's, he's, traumatized by this but we'll get to that and so they they end up at the uh the america online home base and very conveniently <laughs> uh become part of a tour group and they're like ah oh, how convenient was this uh, i believe even like at one point they're like ah taking candy from a baby i'm like uh give it a second and they realize to get into these like i i really I don't know what the inside of like a major like online access 
building looks like, but I don't think it's what they're describing, which is like this massive NASA-esque control room right. of people. But, eh. and they're like, all right, we need to cause a distraction. Marco and Axe are best with the computers. So the rest of us will turn into these terrifying animals and distract everybody. However, we're going to make it fucking weird. And so it's Rachel is a grizzly bear. Jake, I believe, is the tiger. I forget what Axe morphed into. And then Tobias in his natural form. And Rachel is just a grizzly bear who's mopping the floor. Like, that's Meg. This is the next picture I want. Now that I've got Marco Llama, <laughs> I want a grizzly bear mopping a floor. Janitor grizzly bear, possibly with a little name tag on. I'll leave that up to you. And then Jake's just holding the bucket in his mouth and helping while Tobias sits upon his head. Mm -hmm. And everyone's, and of course, people see that and they're like, what the actual fuck? And that is the distraction needed for Marco and Axe to go in and hack these usernames. And then uh, a security guard shows up. And I'm assuming that in the, the movie version of this book adaptation, um, the security guard will be played by Don Knotts, who runs up and goes, you're not authorized to be in here. <laughs> that was a terrible Don Knotts impersonation. That was, I don't even know what that was. And I apologize <laughs> to everyone that just had to hear that. That is not at all what that was supposed to sound like. <laughs> but like, that's the reaction to them seeing these animals. And so, of course, chaos ensues. There's this really great moment of like, them all rushing to the elevator and like Rachel smashes the button and is like, aha, we go down. And like, there's like an executive and like a bike messenger in the elevator. And like when the doors open up and there's like this fun moment of just like the fuck. And of course the elevator clears out. And then by the time they get down to the bottom, uh, it's just some kids. But again, I I've got some questions about the security of this place. Like, I feel like there's security cameras. It's the 90s. Who needs security? Everything's fine. Everything. I, you know, at this point, if, you know what, if a secret government base doesn't have proper security, why am I surprised? <laughs> That's what this really boils down to right now. Why am I surprised by this? Yet I am. And so they get back to the airport and they're, they're waiting for their flight home and they're like, ah, flies are the way to go. And Jake's like sitting there having a nervous breakdown. Everyone else is already joking about it. Like they don't give two shits. And Cassie's like, <laughs> And there's this really cute, touching moment between Cassie and Jake. And she's like, you don't always have to be our leader. Like, you you don't, you know, why don't we, you, we can do something else. And he's like, no, we'll do fly. And I have to be the leader because y'all voted me. And I'm just going to keep making terrible decisions and putting us in horrible situations where we all almost die. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Do I need to find another shitty diaper? <laughs> Let do me need, know. Do I need to dig literal human feces out of a trash can and transport it to another one? Instead of, I don't know, maybe just using anything else that might have a strong sense of smell or have a strong scent. So, and like, we're not even, we're not even done yet. We're only halfway through these shenanigans. So then, they, so in their, in their discoveries, they find that, uh, not only is one of these users Joe Bob Finistre, um, 
one of them is also a child and that's you know that's gump who's who's worried about his father and and cassie's kind of inkling is to go help the kid and they're like now nah, we need to go find out what joe bob's up to what the what the clampett family's doing there now that they've struck oil yeah i just love that cassie is like hey this child is in danger should we like help him and they're like no fuck that kid let's go see what joe bob's up to yeah let's break into a millionaire's house who is conveniently located in their town as opposed to where his where his headquarters are i could like why that's that's my question is why are you located so far away from you ask way too many questions i know i'm really sorry but i i need to know why <laughs> this billionaire <laughs> lives so far away from i mean convenience like i i guess it saves them from another like scary ass situation on a plane i and before we continue on i <laughs> i need to know why marco has an internet girlfriend because marco is in the 90s and he is clearly not straight but the way he can convince everyone he is straight is by having a quote-unquote internet girlfriend I, his internet girlfriend, who has time to... He had some extra time during their infiltration. So he decides to look up... He decides to look up this pretty girl, 802. <laughs> definitely. It, definitely a girl. Definitely a pretty girl. And it turns out that it's a 73-year-old retired postal worker. So it turns out this is the original catfish. Yeah, but and also like, Marco was doing that shit to Jake, so... It's true. So Marco was getting catfished while being a catfish while also having the ability to turn into a catfish. <sighs> anyway. <laughs> you, you, you told a sex penguin joke. Give me this. I told a story about a penguin enjoying vanilla ice cream and having some car trouble. There was no sex involved. Thank you very much. So Cassie gets overruled. <laughs> and they decide that they the infiltration of Joe Bob's house is more important. So, uh, with no real good plan, they decide to show up at his place, and it does not go well no. at all because this place is locked the fuck down. So Rachel decides to just dive bomb a window, and it's apparently lined with a oversized bug zapper. Right, and then security gets involved, and they are like on them, like ooh, flies on shit. And <laughs> you're welcome. And so Rachel is unconscious, and then uh, Axe ends up getting injured and is captured by the dogs. And everyone else is like, abort, 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 and they they take off to Wendy's, like because so there's a Wendy's down the street from this multi billion dollar compound mm -hmm. makes sense i what billionaire is like ah i'm gonna i'm gonna set my myself miles away <laughs> from my headquarters but damn it i want to be right down the street from wendy's right in case i get a frosty craving <laughs> makes sense to me that would be that would be high on my priorities when i'm looking at location for real estate is proximity to Wendy's. So, 
I I don't even know the last time I ate at a Wendy's, if I'm being completely honest. Really? You're missing out. Am I? Yes, that Baconator. It's the real thing. It's so good. Is it? Well, I usually go for the son of Baconator. It's like the smaller one, because I don't need the gigantic one, but... My problem is their fries are awful. They are terrible, but if you dip the fries in the Frosty, they're great. Or you just get the pub fries. They're covered in cheese and a beer cheese sauce and bacon. See, that just makes me want animal fries. Well, then you know what you should do? You should morph into a fly, get on an airplane, fly out to California, and have some animal fl- animal fries. I, that flight is too long for True, that to you're, work. You'd be a nothlet. Uh, in and outs in Texas, you could probably make that flight work if you do like a demorph in the bathroom. Now you just need to get somebody to drop a dirty diaper by the gate to a flight to Texas. <laughs> Not to mention, I need the power to morph first. You will figure that out when we get there. Oh, okay. <laughs> when I've snuck through airport security. Right. And this is the story of how Josh went to federal prison. <laughs> how many how many watch lists are we on at, at this point in the show? Less than a quarter of the way through the series. <laughs> so many. So they decide to... Jake comes up with a, uh, a Rachel-esque plan. And he's like, how far are we from the gardens? I got to make a quick stop. So he uh, takes off to the gardens with Tobias. And decides that he needs to acquire a rhino because he wants some oomph. And this is where some weird shit happens that I this is where I start to have a lot of a lot of questions more so than usual. So Jake flies out and he's like, I don't got fucking time for this bullshit. And he lands on top of the rhino and Tobias goes and like causes a distraction. But Jake actively demorphs on top of the (laughs) rhino in plain view of people but then something weird happens and this caught my attention and i'm not okay with this he was not fully morphed human when he acquired the rhino right it's it's he like he just gets himself a hand and he's like good enough and he's able to acquire the rhino i we've never seen this before and i don't approve yeah, it seems questionable, and I don't think it ever comes up again. But we do see a few different situations where the clearly established rules of morphing are just kind of tossed out the window. I mean, even, like, Rachel's um, allergic reaction to the crocodile in the reaction. Like, we have clearly established to go from one morph to another, you must pass through your original form. And yet, with her reaction, she's able to just pass through them willy-nilly from one to the other without going back to human. So we know that these rules can be bent or broken in certain ways. So to me, I'll buy it. You know, he gets to the point where his hand is fully human again, and that's enough. Great. Sure. But then, so he he morphs Rhino, and he goes full Rachel into the situation, just starts busting holes in things, which it was actually really funny to read. He's like, what happened to the feds? (laughs) He fucking crashed through it, bro. Like, the, the dogs are like, no, thank you. But then, so, so, so he's like rampaging through the house, and he at, at one point decides he needs to go upstairs, but he's worried about the rhino not being able to go upstairs. So he starts to morph human again. And this is where something questionable happens. And considering we just ran into this situation one book ago, uh, there's some shaky logic happening here. So Jake, as a rhino, has been shot multiple times. And as he's morphing human, the bullets get pushed out of him and fall to the floor. Right. So we've already, we've now 
changed the rules that were just established one book ago about foreign objects in the body. Okay, hold on. I just had a thought about this, though. I realize that we've had the what if Andalites made it so X could happen when you do Z, but here's what I'm thinking. Perhaps the morphing technology allows for anything added for medical reasons to be kept in the body. So, you know, any kind of uh, implants or like surgical screws or fillings, things like that. Um, Of course, Andalites might have a different concept of what those things would be, but they must have some kind of concept of foreign objects in the body to help the body keep being alive. So what if the morphing power, like, recognized that the... No, wait, no, it still doesn't make sense because it would still... it, it It would either morph the thing in or it wouldn't. Yep, nothing, it does not make sense. Mm, I thought I was going somewhere, and then I just ran right into a wall with it. (laughs) Just like Jake running through walls. Yeah, there's no, there's no, we, like, and it's, it would be one thing if we were, like, ten books deep since the escape, and this was happening, but this is the very next book. And so I, 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 it was a weird little oversight that no one picked up, apparently. Right. And I mean, obviously, it it made sense in the in the the story of the escape that we didn't want to go small. We wanted like because we wanted to have that moment of Marco face to face with Visser one. We wanted him. We wanted to force him in a situation to make it more complicated to drive the plot. I completely get that as a storyteller, but do not establish rules and then break them one book later. So there's that. <laughs> and then there was so as Jake is doing this, he he's morphing human, and by the time he gets to the top of the stairs, he is now fully human, and there's. I don't know if this was, again, just another weird, like, no one caught this and it wasn't right, or if it really speaks to the the Animorphs mindset at this point when it comes to morphing in their human bodies. But I, it was like, I was so like thrown by this quote that I, I wrote it down. And, and Jake just kind of muses, human isn't a great morph when you're going against men with guns. And that really stood out with me because he basically referred to returning to his human form as just being in, in a human morph. Oh yeah. They, they do that a lot um, where they, they refer to like whatever physical body they're in as a morph, whether it's their own or not. And it is kind of weird. It's like, why would you, that's your, like, that's your default. That's not a morph. It's weird. So they, they find uh, Joe Bob and Rachel and Axe are suspicious in a time state known as biostasis, or as I like to call it, a device to justify why they don't get stuck in morphs, <laughs> despite having been in them for over two hours at this point. And uh, there is some, you, you nailed it on the head, there is some uh, James Bond-esque villain monologuing going on, and we learned that, uh, we learned a little bit, and I've questioned this before about gear reproduction, um, but apparently they can spawn two into 20. Yes. And I have read far ahead enough to tell you that we do get a direct and clear explanation of how they reproduce, but I will not divulge that information just yet. We'll get there when we get there. Is it both weird and sad that I'm excited about that? You know, everyone's got something that floats their boat. I'm not going to judge you for it. I feel like you are. Not verbally, anyway. (laughs) 
thinks. So Visser 3, being Visser 3, is like, ah, go fuck yourself, and banished his brother to Earth as a telephone operator. And so he he decides to use his knowledge and whatnot, and he's like, I'm going to create American Online. So now we all know that American Online was just alien technology. Mm-hmm bringing the internet to the masses like it's it's joe bob sending you a a floppy disk in the mail once a month which eventually turned into cds do y'all remember when that happened do y'all remember getting those free trials of america online in the mail we actually used america online and in fact both of my parents still have their aol emails (laughs) they have switched to gmail but they still like use their AOLs as well. And um yeah, I used to see like the little yellow man icon when you would start up mm-hmm. AOL when it was doing all the demonic dial-up noises, you'd see him like run across the screen and then he'd be in the middle and then it would be like, "Now you're online." Yeah. So, he creates the internet and uh this apparently pissed Visser 3 off and he's been trying to kill him, which is why uh he's like fortified himself in here. And then Jake asks the ultimate question of how have you been surviving? And he gets the really gross answer that he's essentially a serial killer. Yeah. Joe Bob is a serial killer and a cannibal. He's Hannibal Lecter. He's Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. So he is a he is a cannibal serial killer. And Cassie's like, and now you die. And Jake's like, uh, I mean, is this such a bad thing? And like, I don't think he fully processed that. Yes, he's killing Yerks, and that's all well and good, but he's killing the host. He can't wait for the Yerk to come out and die because he needs that sweet, sweet Kendrona. Right. Which and... it really can't be that efficient of a way to feast on Kendrona because the Yerk in the head, unless they are coming straight from the Yerk pool doesn't have a full supply themselves yes i feel like he's eating more than every three days but like he's gotta be is no one questioning these missing people like he's clearly been at this for a hot minute yeah that's a good point because it doesn't seem like there's enough yerks to where they wouldn't notice even even if it's like you know if he's eating one person a day they would notice seven people a week going missing yeah but this is 21 people a month Mm mm-hmm are going missing minimum did i do that math right i don't think you did i don't think i did either hold on 10 it's uh, 11 11 10 to 11 people a month that's assuming that each person he's eating has just come from the yerk pool and has a three-day supply for him yeah like that's a lot of people that's a lot and so they they end up getting rachel and axe and jake is basically like you're safe as long as you're in this house. You step one fucking foot out of this house, I'm going to eat your face. And they all go on with their lives, and he he bargains for Rachel and Axe in that way. And the next day at school, Cassie's not around. And he's like, I'm going to go figure out where Cassie is, because I'm pretty sure I know. And he flies off to um, find uh, the young boy's house and He's not there, so he goes to the elementary school. And he sees Cassie morphed as a wolf. 
talking to the young boy. Like, that's also a big gamble that this kid has not yet been taken. Like, that was a bit of a uh, probably not the greatest idea, but sure enough. And she's like, I told him I was a magic wolf. And I told him not to go on chat rooms anymore. Like, she basically became Smokey the Bear of internet chat. I don't think we ever had, like, any any animals teaching us about safety online. We just ended up having me doing that for 10 years. <laughs> and then a, a few days go by and a news report pops up that uh, Joe Bob's mansion done burned down. Jake kind of muses like, ah, I guess his protection is gone because I, I was very clear what I meant by that. And it's 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 left up and up in the air because Jake's like, it could have been me. It could have been Cassie. A lot of people had a motive. It could have been Visser three. Who the fuck knows? And I think it was Jake because he doesn't want his girlfriend to be mad at him. But like, here's the thing. Jake was totally ready to just let the guy keep on doing his thing and killing people to eat their yurks. I'm surprised Cassie drops it as quick as she does. I mean, it was probably Cassie. It was probably Cassie. It was probably Cassie. Like she, pro like she probably like roped Rachel into it, and by roped Rachel into it, I mean she was like, "Hey, Rachel, do you want to go burn that guy's house down?" And Rachel's like, "Fucking freedom or death!" And like she like shot down a, a four loco, and was like, "Let's fucking do this!" I imagine that's how it went down. Yeah, that sounds about right. Because like we're talking like big mansion; those aren't easy to burn down. She needed help. I'm sure Tobias was in on it too. Tobias helped. And they probably roped Axe into it. I think everyone but Jake was involved in this. <laughs> yeah, I think any of those would be would be acceptable. I, I could get behind any of those. Yeah. So I think that's that's my that's my theory is that they all they all morphed into something that could handle carrying gallons of gas and slowly but surely burnt the house down. So it's really interesting. So I'm, I'm looking at this now because you mentioned that you, Kay Applegate probably doesn't know much about the internet. Mm -hmm. And apparently she does have um, some thoughts about that. Yes. And uh, there's a quote here saying, I'm afraid I have a fairly one-sided view of the internet. I realize I'm using it right now because it's back when she was doing like fan chats and stuff online. Um, but aside from this ex sort of experience, I find the web a huge disappointment. So be prepared. Twitter hasn't been invented yet. Um, if I want research, I can get it. Oh, this is, I can get it 10 times faster at any Barnes and Noble. Not anymore. This is, this is just how insane the internet was back in the day, kids. Um, as for chat rooms, they tend to sink rather, yeah, rather quickly to the level of the lowest common denominator, which given the anonymity, anonymity of the web is pretty low. Uh, then again, no, it didn't get better. It did not get better, K.A. Mm -mm. Um, but I mean, she is on Twitter and Instagram, though. I'm I'm 100% certain that um, K.A. Applegate's um, probably agency runs her Twitter, not so much her, whereas Michael Grant is all over the Twitter. <laughs> Michael Grant on Twitter is my crack. I find it hilarious. <laughs> Him on Twitter, not just because he retweets things from the Millennial Agenda account, but because it's actually hilarious. <laughs> so uh there is that this is one of those one-off books that i like almost wish i had skipped because it's just really the only thing that happens in this book that really matters at all is the fact that jake almost dies as a fly and he mentions it a few times in the future he's just like yeah that was traumatic 
Don't want to do that again. Yeah, but... this is now two Jake books in a row where nothing, nothing really like this book could have not happened. Yeah, and he's just. He... Yeah, I just, I can't get over the fact that we have the twin brother of our main antagonist, who is a cannibalizing serial killer, who's, but we just, whatever, he's gone now, we don't care. He's just a loose end that we just leave loose, whatever. Do we not, we don't see him again? We, he's never mentioned again in the series. See, that's fucking frustrating. Like, ugh. But I mean, I, uh... I, that's that's weird. That to me is weird. But I, I'm just gonna nod and smile. Um, <laughs> so on that note, I thank you all so much for listening. Next week we will be discussing book 17, The Underground. We got a Rachel book. I'm sure something berserker is gonna happen. It's gonna be insane. If you'd like to read along, check out the show notes for a link to download the entire series for free on PDF. The graphic novel of the invasion is now available wherever you buy your books or through the link to purchase in the show notes as well. New episodes of the Millennial Agenda are available every Monday with new Animorphs editions each Friday. You can find the Millennial Agenda all over your favorite social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the like. And you can help support the podcast on buymeacoffee.com. Check out the link in the show notes to sign up for that. You get exclusive bonus content, not only from the podcast, but from my blog, as well as all of my writing projects that I've got going on. And who knows, maybe some Animorphs-inspired stories also known as fan fiction because that's the world we live in yeah. who knows it could be happening good um, good <laughs> my God, stop. i imagine you not as emperor palpatine but as the fly from family guy rubbing his little legs together exactly like, good, good um if you if you enjoy the podcast please make sure to rate and review us you can rate um on apple Podcasts. that's a really a big one you can also now rate and review on audible which is the podcast is available through as i whack the shit out of my microphone um, but please make sure you do rate and review us it helps out a, a whole lot and keeps getting this this podcast in front of other people until next time y'all happy reading Cinnabon, please sponsor me. I won't spit you out. <laughs> so I I I wanna <laughs> forget that the last six minutes just happened. Are we only six minutes in? Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>